to the Pavea Podcast, everybody. I'm Chris, and thanks for joining us here this week. Uh, today, we're going to talk to our guest, writer Deborah Barchart, uh, about online real estate sales as Trulia and Zillow get ready to show down on Wall Street. Uh, before we get to that, just a quick reminder, we've, we're going to be launching a brand new website, and uh, we feature some custom packages just for real estate web design and marketing. So if you're one of those people who listen to the podcast and, and you get some good tips and advice from our guests and from myself, but you don't exactly know how to implement them, um, you know, our owner has been in real estate for over 20 years, and, and we're just now getting into this uh, marketing and, and really expanding. So uh, we're here to help if you need us, uh, whether by a free podcast or a more professional approach. Uh, you can visit us at pavea.com, email us at info at pavea.com, and uh, just let us know how we can help out. Okay, let's bring our guest now. Shameless self-promotion is over. She is a contributing writer from the street here to talk about Trulia versus Zillow is Deborah Borchart. And hi, Deborah. Thank you so much for being here. And it's always good to hear from our friends at the street again. Yes, thank you for having me. Well, I'll tell you, um, before we get into this article, uh, which is why I wanted to have you on, let's, let's get a little bit of background on yourself. Tell us how you started uh, writing for the street. Well, actually, I had a background in the securities business and, and worked in the securities business for about 20 years, my latest job being at Bear Stearns. And I've always loved the market, loved following the market. And, um, you know, the, the securities business has changed a lot, and I found that I was not enjoying it as much um, being, you know, inside the business and decided to uh, start to cover it. So I went back to school, got my master's degree in business and economic reporting, and uh, lo and behold, ended up at the street, um, which is one of the few um, independent financial websites out there in the uh, internet, and uh, we're not owned by any kind of big corporate giant or anything that, that kind of you know watches over what you're doing. So we have a, a pretty fair amount of independence and freedom, and, and that's kind of nice. Uh, I know you're out in New York. We talked to uh, Rocco, who who's on the uh, West Coast, who uh, contributes with the street as well. And I asked him about uh, Jim Cramer and is he is he as wound up as as he appears? And and uh, I guess I'll kind of ask you, you know, what has your experience been with Jim so far? Well, that, and that's true. You know, I work with Jim every day, and and uh, I I have so much respect for him. He is really brilliant when it comes to stocks. You can pretty much throw out any stock at him. He'll be honest. He'll say, yeah, I know that one, or no, I don't. I don't know it. But, you know, it's amazing the command of knowledge he has on the number of stocks that are out there. And he's just got such a great mind when it comes to stocks. And no, and he's not like, you know, the show, because <laughs> it's kind of amusing because, and he tells me this all the time. He's like, you know, mad money is entertainment. And that's what it is. It's entertainment, and he knows that, and, and the people that produce the show know that. And that's why there's the bells and the whistles, and it's very kind of, you know, AM radio kind of stuff, you know. Um, and, and when you see him on CNBC in the morning, now, you know, he's kind of anchoring in the morning, it's a totally different Kramer because that's not the kind of show, and that's not really the audience he's going after. Mad Money is really going after a... a tends to be a college-age audience and, and also an uh, independent trading audience. So 
definitely not like that in the office. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, it, it, no matter what he's doing, he, he comes across it as genuine, and you can really you can really tell people who enjoy what they do and people who don't, and, and he's one of those people that you can just tell he has a ball with it. I will say this, though. You need to tell him this. Since we're both Phillies fans, and I've given him all kinds of free promotion now with the street here, this is the second time on the podcast, uh, if they make the playoffs, I, I, sh- I should see some Phillies tickets in the mail. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure he wishes he had them. Um, he uh, definitely is a huge uh, uh, fan of the Pennsylvania sports teams, and he's always, you know, wringing his hands over them, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, well, that's enough of that. Let's get into the real stuff now. I wanted to have you on because you wrote a pretty interesting article. A lot of our clients are uh, real estate professionals, and, and Trulia and Zillow, um, you titled it The Battle for Online Real Estate. But it seems like you're saying that the battle is going to be won on Wall Street. Is is that fair? Right, and really, in, in my opinion, the battle is already won, and it's by Zillow. Zillow is already the largest um, online real estate company, and um, Trulia really is the second. But it's it's so far below uh, what Zillow is already. Zillow, and, and in fact, Zillow is already at a profit-making stage at this point, uh, whereas Trulia is is not and in fact has has never made any money so they've really got a long way to go and as you know first to market always does way better than than the second to market and so truly up not saying that they can't eventually become a profitable company it's going to be a really hard road for them to get there well, you mentioned in the article that uh, the market may not react as strong to Trulia because of the Facebook effect. So tell us what you meant by that. Well, ever since Facebook went public, people have been very skeptical about online uh, companies going public. They feel that you know they're overpriced, that they're not profitable, that you're buying into a hope and a dream, and that that might not bear itself out. Um, now, we have seen companies that have slowly started to turn around, like, like a Pandora. Here's a web company not making money when it went public. Now it's starting to get very close to that point. Zillow, um, it was not making money when it went public, but since then has uh, gotten into a profitable stage. So, and, and actually, Facebook just started to take off in the last couple of days. Um, but people felt like, expectations were built very high for some of these companies and people feel like they are kind of getting ripped off that it's the internet boom all over again yeah and i was gonna a lot of skepticism uh, sorry i was just gonna bring up that exact point you know how, how much of it goes back to that um but isn't truly a give us your opinion here i feel like they're in a better position in investors' minds than in Facebook. Now, you know more than I do, so you tell me. <laughs> My problem with Trulia is that um, I feel like the reason for them to go public is because they had a lawsuit that they lost that had to do with their search engine. And they lost this suit. Um, they settled, which ultimately, when you settle and you have to pay out a big sum of money, that means you lost. And they owe a payment of $350,000, and they owe it now. And so, in my opinion, that's one of the big reasons why they're going public is to come up with the money to pay this settlement. Um, so I, I kind of feel like if they'd have never had that, then that's, it's possible that maybe they wouldn't have. And, and 
and I, I believe I had seen something too that I think Zillow was also uh, going to file a lawsuit against them too um, for the. I think they feel like um, you know Zillow has a home uh, value estimate called the, the. I think it's called the Zestimate, and um, I think that I had seen that they were going to file a lawsuit against Trulio for um, taking their uh, their idea. Right. Now, to be fair, there are other websites like Property Shark and I believe Easy Street, and they all do home price valuations, you know, estimates. Um, so I think it would be a little tough for them to, to claim, but they're certainly going to protect their turf, and that's what I think that they may be doing. Now, it, it seems like they're pretty much both the same services. Um and how does Wall Street react to something like that? I, I mean, McDonald's and Burger King offer the same basic items, but you know they're still competitors. So, so how will Wall Street, do you think, react? You know, um, it's a sim- you're right. It's a similar model. They have subscriptions uh, that they sell to real estate agents, um, and then they also have um, basic banner ads. But everybody knows banner ads really don't pay off that well. So it's all about the subscription, and um, so far from what I've seen, um, you know, the, the one good thing about Truly is it's saying that it has better leads, that it gives the real estate agents that subscribe to it better leads than Zillow does. Um, so if they're able to, to do that, then that, you know, will help them out. Uh, it's a pretty good model, you know, subscription-wise because it's steady. Um, I believe Trulia has now increased that that subscription to um, I think a year, I think it was originally it was more month to month and they realized that that was hurting them. So um, they're trying to get them to convert to the subscription if they aren't already and if they are, um, keep them into a a longer subscription so make it a little bit more sticky. And that's always good. Wall Street loves to see steady revenue. Um, I know you ended the article by saying it's probably best to wait on Trulia until you see uh, profits there, obviously for good reason. Um, the article was written about a month ago, uh, which isn't a lot of time, but but is there any updates, anything that's kind of swayed you or changed things? It, it doesn't seem like it, but... No, not really. You know, Trulia, um, their average revenue per user has been increasing. Um, it's up 56%, so that's that's good. But it's still, um, well, just, and it's called ARPU, average revenue per user, is $148, but Zillow's $288. So that's a huge difference. Um, you know, they, they're having to discount. Um, they, they could maybe improve their pricing, maybe raise the prices. Um, that could help them. But, you know, I think they're just always going to be the second round. And I think, you know, maybe what Trulia will have to do, maybe when it makes, you know, gets this offering off the ground, assuming it gets off the ground, that maybe they go out and make acquisitions. So maybe they see somebody like a property shark or the street and pick that up and start to build up a, a more worthy foe for Zillow. And I think that that's probably what you'll start to see then is, is a, a land grab for online real estate with these two um, competitors. You know, it's going to be Pepsi and Coke, but instead of Zillow and Trulia. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, 
hopefully no new Trulia or new Zillow or any kind of uh, strategies like that. Um, before we let you go, uh, Deborah, again, uh, let everybody know where they can find the street and they can find uh, your articles. Sure, you can go online to thestreet.com. It's T-H-E-S-T-R-E-E-T dot com. Uh, we are there. I do a lot of videos. I do uh, uh, mostly articles on the IPO world and my Twitter handle, my or Twitter handle, I tweet is uh, Wallenbroad, all one word, Wallenbroad. All right, Deborah. Well, I appreciate you uh, giving us some of your time. I, I know a lot of uh, people in the real estate industry are kind of watching this, and and uh, thanks a lot for the insight. All right, thanks for having me on. All right, that was Deborah Borchard, everybody from the Street. Go check out thestreet.com. That's going to do it for another podcast. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend. Thank you.